0: In today's feature segment of the CMB Podcast, I share with you my conversation with singer-songwriter Krista Wells. She's quite an inspiring artist and writer, and if you don't know about her, you'll be glad you discovered her today. That's where we're going this week on the CMB Podcast session number 22.
1: Welcome to the CMB Podcast, a podcast designed to serve people of faith who make music, If you're looking for practical and inspirational ideas to help you in your musical craft, then look no further. ChristianMusicBlog.com is all about helping you think differently about creativity through eyes of faith, as you learn how to establish healthy musical habits and disciplines, fueling your creativity and making you more prolific for the glory of God. And now your host, Nate Fancher.
0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Christian Music Blog Podcast. My name is Nate Fancher. I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm super thankful that you would join me today for the 22nd episode. That's pretty cool that we're at 22. Um, it's been quite the summer for the Fancher family. I mentioned in last week's episode we've been just making adjustments in our in our lives uh, with with the changes that we're going through. Whether it's the new CMB site, um, how how this fits into our crazy schedule, or or whether it's a little 14-month-old boy who's walking around the house like crazy and getting into everything. Um, Never a dull moment around here, that's for sure. So to be totally candid with you guys, I'm excited to enter into a new season of interviews on the podcast. Um, Well, the last four episodes were solo episodes, and I'm not going to lie, it's not easy producing solo episodes. Um, so, uh, interviews and conversations are a lot simpler for me, and they're pretty exciting too. So, I, I mean, I love bringing on people that we can all be inspired by. So, um, I'm excited about that. I'm stoked to get into some great interviews in the coming weeks. Today, as I said right in the beginning, we have Krista Wells on the podcast, and uh, we'll get right into that, actually. But before we do that, I want to welcome the new listeners who are joining us for the first time today thank you for listening. If you stick with us to the end of this episode, I want to give you a gift for checking out the podcast. Um, I'll bring that up once I wrap up the episode today, but but just to be sure that you're in the right place. If you have stumbled across this podcast on iTunes or Google or whatever, I, I want to make sure that you understand what the CMB podcast is all about. Number one, we're about Christ and what he's done for us in the gospel. So that has got to be crystal clear. I mean, Christian music blog, I mean, Christian—that's our identity. That is who we are, and so um, that is number one. And then that then informs our worldview of music, how we think of music, what it means to to view um, music Christianly, um, and so we're all about those two things. And then number three, obviously, we're all about practical musicianship and artistry. Uh, what does the music making process look like? What what can we learn from others who are more experienced and ahead of us? Um, in creativity and all of that, so so maybe those things resonate with you. If they don't resonate with you, then this podcast is not for you. I'm I'm just gonna shoot straight with you. Um, it's better if we if we're all um, obviously resonating with the message that this community brings and, and 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 proclaims. So, but if it does resonate with you, if that is the case, I just simply um, invite you to join us over at ChristianMusicBlog.com. And um, again, if it's your first time, I have a gift for you. That I'll mention at the end. So hang with us and you'll find out more about that soon. Well, I'm here with Krista Wells. Krista is a singer songwriter based right here out of North Carolina. She's written songs for several artists, including Point of Grace, Plum, Sarah Groves, Natalie Grant, and others. She herself is a great singer and a piano player. She's released three EPs and three full-length albums. I believe that's right. Correct me. Chime in if you want to at any point here if I say something wrong, by the
1: way. I know. You're close anyways. Several several albums.
0: (laughs) So great to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much. We're going to talk about Christ-centered creativity and how that looks for Krista. Thank you again, Krista, for joining me.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, why don't we start with just your story of how you came to faith in Christ and how that connects to your music and your journey up to this point.
1: Um to begin with, let's see, uh, I was blessed to be born into a family where at least my mother at the beginning was um, a woman of faith, and she had come to Christ on her own as a teenager and had just determined that her family life was going to look a lot different than the family in which she had been raised. And so from, I have no memory of Christ not being central in our home although my dad didn't become a Christian until I think I was six or so and he was baptized at that time um we attended several different kinds of churches growing up because we were in the army so it it just depended on the community in which we lived um where we what kind of church we ended up at, at but I think that was a gift because I learned so many different approaches to worship and teaching and um I, I have no memory of a moment where I said this this is the first time Christ this is where Christ is entering my life although there was a moment when I was seven when I said I I want to be baptized we were attending a Baptist Church at that time and I do recall that having that passion in my own heart um, but I really believe that you know Christ I had been knowing Him for quite some time before then. So um, beyond that, I was always a kid who was hungry for truth and for God. And I don't say that in to say that I was an especially good kid or that I was especially wise, but I do remember that it was always something I longed for. I actually did listen in church and I went to conferences with my mom when I could and I joined the adult choirs or anything that I could that would allow me the opportunity to sing and worship and so with all our moving around family and my relationship with God and the church were pretty central and were my my ground so to speak that that was unchanging Uh, we knew wherever we moved we would plug in to a church family and that would be home you know so so yeah that was my you know the early days of my faith walk and of course that was tried and tested along the way particularly in high school uh, when I found myself quite depressed because we had moved back from a small community in West Germany and we were in a large wealthy community outside of DC and I just couldn't find my way and I um, felt very alone for a few years However, that was also the time that God introduced songwriting into my life for real, so it, it ended up being redeemed um, because all of those alone hours at the piano turned into something good for me. Um, I, I started making music when I was five or six, and my mom says she noticed that I liked to sing when I was 13 months old. She said, you, you could carry a tune when you were 13 months, and I remember thinking it was so strange I hadn't seen you know, a child do that, but um, I, it was what I was always drawn to, and I didn't see, even though my mom, my my family was really conservative and strict, and we weren't allowed to listen to very much music that was not labeled Christian um, until probably high school, even so, I I didn't really see lines between my music and my faith and the rest of life. From the beginning, I always wrote about whatever was going on. We would make up musicals and they would just be stories about, you know, about being a kid and being alive and dealing with the normal conflicts that you would face. And um, or I would make up tunes to nursery rhymes and tape record them. And, And then when I finally started writing full length songs in high school, I just wrote about relationships and about everything I saw. And it's always been that way for me. I've written very few songs that would be dubbed, quote, worship songs. Um, most recently, my friend and I did do a project called More Than Rubies, where we intentionally wrote for the church that way. But for the most part, I just feel like I was, I'm wired to write story songs, relation, relational songs. Um, all of it is, is faith, though. Because yeah, it's all yeah. me processing what I'm learning, and what I'm hungry for naturally is biblical wisdom and truth. So that's what comes out.
0: So cool, yeah. So you're you're the you're a mother of five, which is so inspiring. I'm, I'm sure many moms listening to this now are going to really be excited to hear how you um, approach your your songwriting process, your creative process. Maybe you can speak a little bit to that. You know, is it a daily discipline? Is it more project based? How does the creative uh, process look for you?
1: Yes. Well, even before I had kids, I can't say that I was ever a very disciplined person. (laughs) But I I did go to the piano a lot more because I had more time. Um, Now, I definitely would say I'm more project-based. And that has to do with needing that fire underneath me um, and a deadline to Mm -hmm. get me motivated to Mm -hmm. say okay you have a real and definite reason to stay up after you get the kids in bed tonight you know you have to if it's midnight you have to make some coffee and go write this thing so whether it's writing for someone else's project or planning a trip out to Nashville to write with some friends or if I'm writing for my own recordings I kind of need that fire Mm -hmm. (laughs) and don't get to the piano nearly as often as I would like to. It's really, it really is a hard thing to find margin because I'm never alone. My four of my kids are um, homeschooled right now. Oh, so wow. they oh, are. Wow. I'm even
0: more inspired now.
1: <laughs> they're literally <laughs> with me all the time. So and now they're getting old enough that once we, you know, during the school year, I'll kind of find a rhythm um, where we do school in the morning and then when they're done with their. Lunch and chores, and they're ready to go play, and they're old enough to run out in the backyard and do that, then I can sometimes escape for for the afternoon hours a bit mm. um, in the summertime, all bets are off, but <laughs> it's been <laughs> yeah. pretty crazy with my schedule too in and out of town so but that's it's always in flex, and you just have to give yourself a lot of grace and not and um, I guess also. It's about receiving from those who are trying to love you by extending help, whether it's husband or parents or friends who say, let me keep the kids for a couple hours. Mm. You have to always say yes to those offers. And um, sometimes you have to invest a little bit too. There have been seasons where I hired a babysitter regular, regularly for mm. you know two afternoons a week or something like that to make it happen. But you kind of have to really... I want it, you know. I I love music so much that it's important to me, and also because I had the children first, um, I'm now a late. I'm really a late bloomer in the performance side of things because I didn't do it um, when I was younger. I strictly was writing, so on the performance end, I really have a fire under me because I know that my time is limited as far as you know being relevant and being um, energetic enough to get out and do it, I feel like, okay, I only have one life to live. You know, I have this one life here on earth and, you know, I, I feel like I'm supposed to be sharing this music. So I need to be a good steward of that and I need to push through Hmm. and, and it's joyous and worthwhile as exhausting as it is at times. Wow.
0: Yeah. What are, what would be some of the things that you go to in in terms of just to be refreshed, um, maybe some things that maybe they're musical, maybe they're not, but just things that that re-energize you.
1: Um, the two things that come to mind first are um, reading. If I can find space and time to just read, and I read a lot of theological books, but I but and I love that. But what is really refreshing to me is to read story. You know, I just to read great literature, beautifully written. I'm so moved by language and other people's work in that way and the other thing i think of is when i make time to um, be outdoors like just to go for walks to be in nature to slow down to walk or ride a bike with one of my kids and be forced to move slowly enough to look up and see the clouds moving over my head or to walk across the lake or you know or bridge and Hmm. just breathe and down that I just need that space
0: yeah that's awesome Um, would love to talk a little bit about you know along the lines along those lines you mentioned um, you just started doing performance stuff but you started out primarily just just songwriting Mm -hmm. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about maybe the first time you you started working with another publisher or maybe other writers how some of those doors were opened and, and and how the Lord led you through that process
1: Yes. Well, it was interesting because we um lived in Nashville for one year and before we had children and then the Lord brought us out here for my husband's work and I came out kicking and screaming. I really had just started to feel comfortable in Nashville and feel like okay, maybe I can do music here and and then we moved out here and there were I had no connections. I didn't know a soul in North Carolina and um, felt really isolated and kind of hopeless, like that i 'm already not an ambitious person, so God, how are you going to manage this? you know how, <laughs> how, you know I had always really felt like God, uh, since I was young, a young child, I had felt like God not i do not to say like a promise like there was no writing on the wall, but I had always had a deep, deep assurance that God was going to use me in me in the field of music, that that was my calling mm-hmm. and so I kind of doubted a little bit. I thought, well, he's not going to be able to do that in North Carolina, clearly. Yeah. And, um, so I came out here and was really um, – I spent some time not working for a few months and and decided to focus on writing. It was mostly sad, <laughs> lonely music that nobody would ever want to hear. But I did um, – after a few months, I met with a songwriter named Dwight Lyles out in Nashville he was a veteran songwriter who was willing to take a few minutes to speak into my life and he um, he said Krista you know here's some practical wisdom you need to spend some time in Nashville just you know regularly writing getting to meet some publishers and stuff but at the end of the day if it's what you're supposed to do then um, you you can't really do enough things wrong to keep God from making that the path. And if if it's not what you're supposed to do, then you can't really do enough things right to make God, you know, come alongside and bless that. And that gave me a great piece. So I began to write, and I reached out to some of my old friends, one of whom was um, Tiffany Arbuckle Lee. At that, uh, She wasn't married yet. Tiffany Arbuckle, who is Plum. And she and I started writing together, and I had written held, and um, over – a couple of years, I don't really remember the exact timeline, but her husband's, uh, her husband Jeremy approached me and said, You know, um, I'm going to start working on Tiffany's publishing myself, and I would love to take some of your music and see if I could find a home for it. And it was just an answer to prayer because as much as I l- wanted to do music, I f- again, I felt so insecure and I didn't know where to start. And I'm not the kind of person who goes knocking on doors, selling myself. So Uh, I felt like God was really speaking through that and saying, see, it's, you know, you being in North Carolina is not an obstacle for me. And I can do what I want to do with your music, regardless Mm -hmm. of what, what seems to be working against you. And so Jeremy started um, kind of playing those songs that and the first song that he wanted to work on was held. Um, And he pitched that to a number of artists before he found natalie grant who was willing to do it just as it was written without rewrites and Mm -hmm. and it was just meant to be i think my first published song though was before that it was either i did had a couple songs with tiffany on her um, beautiful lumps of coal album one was called real and one was called go and then we had day by day with point of grace and i I'm not sure which of those two albums came out first. Actually, they came out right about the same time.
0: Wow! Cool.
1: So, but so since then, you know, I've worked with Jeremy. We, um, I never did sign a, a long-term agreement, so I'm not a staff writer because uh, he's an independent publisher. He he wasn't in a position to give me an advance or anything, nor did I um, desire to be in that kind of contract. I just wanted to be able to have somebody that I could send songs to and. If he believed in something, if he heard something that he could find a home for, then you know, then we'd sign something and for that song, and that's how it's worked since then. I, it's cool, very cool. unusual, really, out there. It's not typical.
0: So just a lot of single song publishing things.
1: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, and then some of them, you know, now I know artists, some artists and publishers that you know, I I just have been able to find homes occasionally for songs without without any other publisher. So. Um, I don't know. It's it's been an interesting journey in mm. navigating that, and it doesn't look like it usually looks. But I think it's just another affirmation that from God or a confirmation, you know, and and that that God is fully able to work yeah. in unique ways and design a, pa- a path uniquely for you and for me, and it's going to look different for everybody.
0: Right, and that's such a cool just reminder. I mean, I think a lot of guys. And gals, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I mean that you know across the board. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. A- I, th- I think that we people in our shoes, we, we we do tend to wrestle with you know how hard am I supposed to work? You know how much energy and effort mm-hmm. do I put into this or that? And um, it's right. really easy to get into a place of striving and and right. uh, kind of missing the whole point, you know. So and
1: honestly, I feel more for you know I I have to admit that I was not in a position at that point of being. Um, Primary, the primary breadwinner in our households so that afforded me the luxury of laying back a little more. Than and I know the pressure if I had been the the breadwinner of our family, I would have had to, you know, there would have been nothing wrong with me pushing harder than I did. But God, my position, and and worked it out.
0: Yeah, I I think, and a lot of times it's really just a state of our hearts, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. if you can really work really really hard and. And keep it all before the lord that's great you know but um,
1: yeah
0: well thanks for sharing that that's awesome why don't we talk a little bit about um you know continuing on this 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 theme of creative processes and just creativity christ-centered creativity you work with masterpiece ministries every summer and Mm -hmm. um for those of us who don't know what that is maybe you can talk a little bit about what that is and what you do with them
1: Definitely. Well, it it began, it's such a beautiful history in my mind because it began with my mom's love for youth. She just always loved teenagers. And when I was very little and all the way up to when I was a teenager and beyond our home always had teenagers in there she always had an open door policy and and would cut hair for free and invite kids in so she, i remember her saying oh i just dream of having a place where kids could come hang out after school like a place that would be really fun gathering place where they would be feel safe and encouraged and um that it did, that didn't end up happening during my childhood but when I was in college, my bandmate Ed Fry had this idea of an art cam- of an of a camp that would encourage creative artists who are in high school, and and um, we talked about doing that as a band, but it then we broke up and it didn't happen. But my parents loved that idea, and it just kind of started a slow burn there in in their minds and hearts, and they brought it to um, their friends. Um, Tim and Nancy Botts, who live in Wheaton, Illinois. Tim is a calligrapher with Tyndale House, and um everybody has seen his work. They don't necessarily know his name. Mm. But if you see that beautiful like scripture interpreted in um calligraphically, or if you've seen Bibles with these beautiful um designs inside, it, it's it's usually Tim Botts, and he's so talented and, and warm-hearted towards all of us who have been involved with the camp and to the kids so they they started cre- um, brainstorming this idea in maybe 1998 or somewhere around there and us ki- the kids of both families started gathering around the idea yeah. it began in 2002 the summer of 2002 is our first camp we meet for one week in the summer this summer they have had two they are having two separate weeks of camp <coughs> because the idea is to um, meet with these these 40 uh, 40 or fewer uh, campers oh, cool. rising ninth through rising 12th we like to keep it small we've tried it bigger than that and it the dynamic was not exactly what we wanted it to be. We we prefer to keep it intimate where the students uh, feel very safe with one another, feel safe with the staff. We have a high staff to student ratio. Mm-hmm. And basically we have um, workshops or studios, we call them for songwriting, creative writing, uh, visual art, meaning drawing, painting, sculpting, that kind of thing, um, photography, film and animation, I'm sure I'm leaving something out, but several awesome. different studios wow. that the kids choose from, and then we have workshops. Workshops in the afternoon where they can kind of test drive one of those, you know, where they can come and just spend an hour trying something that they've never tried before. Um, we also have um, spend a half of the week doing a camp wide collaborative project, which is where all the art. So all these um, artists from different mediums have to come together, and there's there's a seed of an idea at the beginning that we give to them based on our theme for the week, and, and sort of a an intangible toolbox that we give them. It might be scripture, it might be certain parameters that they have to work within. Mm-hmm. And over the course of the week, they have to create something all together, all 40 of them, with our input and guidance, but minimally. We try to keep ourselves out of it as much as we can stand to. And then on Saturday morning, they present that to whatever parents come to our closing ceremony. Awesome. And sometimes it's an installation piece. Sometimes it's a music video or a performance piece or a visual art. So it's all wow. kinds of things. And, um, yeah, it's just fantastic. It's I, I've never seen kids support one another, encourage one another without adult intervention, the way these students do and the way they bond over the course of the week. Mm. It's it's the kind of place that my parents, looking back, wish that um, that I had had and my siblings had had because we grew up in an era when there were a ton of volleyball camps and baseball camps, but there was very little for artists, especially artists within the church, mm. you know.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. So, what, what are some of the things that you're doing with with the kids that you you work with
1: well i um facilitate the songwriting workshop throughout the week um and we do you know i try to give them as much time as possible to write because when it comes down to it that's really what they're wanting to do they're just chomping at the bit to get started and to get some feedback on something that they work on that week Mm. but we also spend time doing some kind of creative Warm up exercises. We do some listening exercises where we listen to what's out there. Um, sometimes it's you know these are songs that have been around for 25 years. What do they have in common? Why why do they resonate with so many people? But also we try to get off the beaten path and say here are some that you haven't ever heard of and will never be on the radio and yet they're you know what do you think about it? What do you think this works or do you think it doesn't work? You know maybe some more independent artists and. Um, try to just expose them to something maybe they haven't tried before. And there's opportunity throughout the week for them to perform with each other at open mics and to collaborate on writing, and and they just have a blast. And I learn so much from them. By the end of the week, I feel so inspired, and I'm certain that I can go and write better music because of the time I've spent with them. Awesome. Yeah. So it works both ways.
0: That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we talk a little bit about your new album coming out, very soon here, um, um, in August. So feed your soul. That's a, is that a full length album or is it going to be another EP?
1: This one's full length. It's 12 songs, 12 new songs. And, um, yeah, it's been a very arduous process. (laughs) I guess it's been, I'm, I'm so pleased that it's coming out. I feel, I feel great about it. I feel ready to share the music live and, um, and to, to just, hear how it hits people and there's always some nervousness there too with putting songs out there (coughs) excuse me but I feel like this each of the three projects I've done solo have been um, Frame the Clouds which was full length and then How Emptiness Sings which was an EP and those were so different from this one because Frame the Clouds came about you know I, I used I recorded songs that I had been writing over kind of an extended period of time, yeah. And I lived with for a while, and they it kind of gradually. I may have written you know a small portion of those songs at the last minute, kind of thinking, okay, we're gonna record, but for the most part, they grew organically, and I just put them all together. I didn't think I'm writing an album. The second one, I did think I was writing an album more, but. At the same time, it was less intimidating. It was seven songs. A couple of those were already sitting there, and then I just fleshed out the rest. And um, this one, I think it just, I had taken a year, a solid year off from really writing, um, writing for myself without being assigned to to write. And I really wasn't sure I knew how to do it anymore, like it was going to come back. And... It was scary I really wanted to have a new project to share but I didn't I didn't feel like I could catch momentum you know Mm. and I I believing that or trusting that I was supposed to do it and that it would come back I put it out there on Kickstarter and oh cool and people supported supported it and I was able to um fundraise what I needed for it but it was and it Really the gift in it, which was so hard, was the vulnerability it created in me it very much influenced the writing of the songs because I was writing from this terrified place of <laughs> <And I'm> really <laughs> feeling my need for other people so much, needing not just the financial backing, but the emotional support. Mm-hmm. And um, and also f- having the accountability that came along with it. You know, you've just raised this money and promised this you know this outcome oh, yeah. you've got to. you have to stay up and write these songs and push through so there are a number of songs on there that took so that I had been massaging and needing for a year I think you know since the kind of seed of the project came up all the way until we nearly went into the studio I just I knew I wanted to write a certain thing but I didn't know how to Approach it, and I wasn't happy with anything, and it was just taking me a lot. So this mm-hmm. one felt definitely more like a labor, a real labor, and so it is fun to it is a great feeling to finally have it in hand.
0: Yeah, wow. So feed your soul is that a title track, or is that more just the it, name of the album?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it, I didn't think it was going to be the name of the album. I thought it's interesting how when you start to write a whole whole body of work you have an idea in your mind of what it's going to be about but then you're writing in real time as you're living real life and it doesn't necessarily the songs that come together aren't necessarily about what you thought they were about but sometimes it's hard to let go of that initial idea and you keep thinking it's about x when really it's become about y so mm. uh <laughs> if that makes any sense at all so yeah. i thought that I was writing an album all about community. And that definitely is a thread. There are some songs that definitely are dealing with community life and need and receiving love from each other, giving love, being there for one another, um, for sure. However, I wasn't finding that there was a title track that I was really wanting to use that felt true to the whole project based on that theme. And I was listening. Listening back to all the songs one day, as I got the got the mixes, and and I noticed for the first time, and I honestly do not know how this did not, this was not, uh, just very obvious to me prior to this moment. But all of a sudden, I realized there are three songs on this album that include a line about feeding your soul. Um, and i had not realized i knew there was a song called feed your soul but there are also two other songs that mention somehow you know mm. feed my soul and i realized that must that ha, that's it that that's what it's really all about it the album opens with a song about vanity and 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 that's we had studied ecclesiastes in church and and kind of thinking through the emptiness and the 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 uh, fruitlessness of pursuing the things of the flesh and the things of this world, oh, yeah. and how that. And then the last song on the album is called "Being Loved," and it's all about, you know, letting the real stuff in you be open and vulnerable to the one who wants to love you, and being able to receive His love and how hard it is to take. I mean, it it hurts when you when you're really loved in that way. Where here's not. This isn't the pretty face that you see in Vanity Vanity, you know, in that song. This is the real stuff that I really want to put under the rug. But when you when people people or God are aware of that and they still want to love you, it, it's almost unbearable. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's almost it almost hurts to be loved like that. Because we want to be loved and feel like we earned it. Yep. And so yep. I realized that there this really was the scope of the album after all. Yeah. And for, and, it, and it makes, you know, it's interesting too that my last album was How Emptiness Sings um, and ta- dealing with stripping away and and how music can come from those hollow places. And now that the follow the next record would be Feed Your Soul, you know. Yeah. And I, awesome. d- I think the other part of that is just how much time we spend feeding the rest of our person. And tending to ourselves in so many ways, and so often just missing the entire mark. You know, missing the point that it's our souls that are the hungriest. Yeah. So.
0: Wow, that's cool. How the Lord just orchestrated all of that for you. That's cool. Yeah. And you yeah. said it. You said it was. It was kind of originally going to be about. You said about community. Hmm. And so there is. There's definitely a correlation there between. You know the community that we're in and how our souls are fed by that as well. I, I, I was thinking about um, maybe your church. I don't know if you'd be willing mm-hmm. to share just the, how your local church helps support you in your in your um, artist career and and what you're doing. Um, and I don't know if maybe that ties into some of what what you were talking about already. But
1: yes, my local church is um, is my family here, and it's such it's really interesting because um it's not even in Raleigh it's in Wake Forest it's still it's just a few minutes from our home in Raleigh but um it's not a church full of artists um it's honestly it's less you know it's more rural suburban than we would probably choose if we were just going out to you know and making a list of our top characteristics we were looking for in a church we might choose something a little more urban or a little more um art centric or something like that but it is the we were put there beyond a a doubt years ago we love (coughs) love these people we love our pastor we love the humility and the transparency in in this body and and we have been loved so well by them toby and i are both somewhat um we err on the side of being self-sufficient and independent for whatever reason we we um don't live near as near to the church as most of the community because we're in Raleigh. And so we felt, um, we came back from a long and extended trip out of the country two years ago. And both of us felt like, okay, we've been a part of this church body for whatever it had been, eight years. And we have spent a lot of time at the church. We have given a lot and we have served on, you know, the, in various capacities on the worship team and whatnot. But we have not really let ourselves be known. We have not um, invested in the relationships as we should. And that's been a loss for us. And he, for the first time, began to really plug in with the guys. And, and I got to know the girls in the church better. And it has been such a blessing. The way they encourage... The way they um, are just there for us, the way they give us room to be kind of we- the weird ones and uh, um, be gone so much, and they are just a constant in our lives. And so I, I give great thanks for our local church, and I think it's so so important to have that local yeah. body. And at the same time, I'm so grateful for our extended church family in our you know all the places I've traveled and and um, feel like the church is a, has been, has been family to me in a, you know, broader sense than just than here. That's awesome. So, yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's such an important part of any believer, whether, whether you're an artist or not. And um, particularly, you know, we're, we're a, we're a a podcast that reaches out to artists. I I Mm -hmm. say it often that we need to be all in plugged or all involved in a local church and plugged mm-hmm. in and just how vital that is for our own souls, but also for our music and, and how that affects, I mean, it's all connected. You know, you, you said earlier, you, you don't draw lines between your, your music and your faith and everything else. Right. It's all connected for you.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you so much again for, for being on the podcast. I, I um, wanted to ask one final question uh-huh. Um, where can people go to find you online? Maybe you can direct people to that um, okay. if they haven't heard about you up to this point.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I have a website, which is, I'm excited to say, soon to be made over and re-released but, or republished. but um, it is KristaWellsMusic.com, and I'm on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and I believe all of those are Wells Music. Um, actually, Twitter may just be Krista Wells, but the others are Krista Wells music. Cool,
0: so, awesome, yeah. yeah. And I'll I'll include I'll include links to all that stuff in our in our show notes today for those of you who are listening. But um, thanks again, Krista, for being on the on the show today. Really excited about your new album coming out soon. So, what's the the release date again? August the.
1: So the release date is August thirteenth. It should be up at iTunes and all the other online vendors at that time. Actually, Amazon already has preview previews up of all the songs so you can oh, listen cool. to a few few seconds of the song at least
0: okay is that link included on your website
1: um you know i don't know if i put that up there yet but it is um if you go to amazon and look up christa wells that that for sure will pull it or feed your soul
0: awesome well thank you again so much for being on the podcast we'll talk to you soon
1: thank you nate
0: All of the links and um, things that are highlighted from our conversation can be found in our show notes and that can be found by going to christianmusicblog.com forward slash session 22. Um, I want to just highlight one thing that that really stuck out to me just in our conversation. Um, When you hear, obviously, when you hear Krista's music, there's such a peaceful um, element to her music and her voice and her songwriting. Um, You can tell that she's a person who's at rest. And, you know, we were talking about the ways that she as an artist, as a person, um, just refuels and energizes and, and and just gets refreshed by being outside, spending time with the Lord, um, and just slowing down and creating space for herself. And I just, that really stuck out to me. I just, I know that especially as as we get uh, more responsibilities in our lives, whether it's um, our family, whether it's more children um, our jobs, if we're in ministry at local churches, if we're staff, worship guys. You know, we have a lot of things that are on our plates. Um, as artists, of course, there are many things to do, especially if you're an indie artist. You have a lot of details to, to make sure that you pay attention to. And um, let alone create space for your own creativity and, and, and the, the, sweat, the sweating out of, of songwriting and, and just music making. Um, it's so important to have space for yourself. To find um, that quiet in your life to be re-energized and to be refueled, so that really jumped out to me, and, and you can just see that in her, also her life and and the journey that she's been on, um, as she you know she wasn't pushing down doors, just striving and 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 making things happen in her in her own strength for her music. Um, she just allowed the Lord to lead her and to um, open up the doors in His time, and she trusted God and. And again, I think you can really tell in her music as well that there is just a rest that marks her life. So, thank you, Krista, for for being on our podcast and for for sharing your gift with us. And um, it's it's great. It's a great example for us who make music, and, and we have a lot to learn from from you and from um, your music. So, thank you again. All right. Well, that is it for episode number twenty two. Again, you can find out the show notes, the links to Krista's music, her album coming out. Um, August the 13th. That's in 11 days from the release of this episode. Um, August 13th is a Tuesday, so you can check out iTunes for her music and her website, KristaWellsMusic.com. Christa and um, again, all these links will be in our show notes for today's episode. Well, thanks again for joining us. I want to say to those of you who are brand new to the podcast, make sure you visit freemusicgift.com. I, I told you earlier that I have a gift for you. So if you go to freemusicgift.com, you'll find a couple of things there. Uh, one in particular will serve you as a songwriter, and one in, in the other one will just serve you if you're a music fan. So um, freemusicgift.com. You can also find a chance there to sign up for our weekly newsletter, which is not just about getting emails and staying informed. It's actually becoming a part of the CMB community, joining a group of people who are wanting to have this conversation about music making through Eyes of Faith. There are also exclusive benefits just for subscribers. So freemusicgift.com, get those gifts and sign up for our email list. Um, Also, I I just want to ask you guys to head over to iTunes. If you get a a a minute, (laughs) head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for this podcast. That really helps out our ratings in iTunes and helps people discover the podcast. So thanks again for all of your support. We'll see you next week here on the CMB podcast. Take care.
1: Thank you for listening to the CMB podcast. For more valuable content, including helpful articles and video, visit christianmusicblog.com.